recording here and here we go let's see all right everyone good afternoon you know it's kind of crazy we have a saying back home it's better to be late than be the late so i'm here at the beautiful los angeles convention center in the technology pavilion go go figure right <laughs> in front of a very interesting vehicle guys i'm so sorry um i'm quite a bit tardy probably tardiest i've been ever on the 107th episode of the Beast Mode Tech Tuesday. Week time, I know. People say I didn't judge me, it's week time. Good afternoon, R35, good seeing you. Oh, SMS Design Performance, good afternoon. Tesla Semi, you can say that, but it's not a Tesla. It is from a company known as Exhaust, and it is a Class A fully electric vehicle. Can pull over 18,000 pounds, which is amazing. Hello, Sam. Thank you so much, R35. I had family visiting um from nigeria and they went back to la today and lx traffic was horrible so by the time i get the family over to lex and then back over to the convention center it was it was pretty bad and i know i may not get a lot of you because i missed that beautiful lunch hour but i sincerely apologize guys and i'll find a way to make it up all to you 060 mile per hour faster than a porsche well if it's a 356 maybe but uh this is about payload and it like i said before the future of mobility and that's what i'm going to be exploring here today so as we interact on this tail end of the tech tuesday i will walk around and keep you guys abreast of what's going on so right once again in front of me or behind me i should say is a beautiful example from a company known as exhaust is xos so you can google them and look it up and it is a full electric it'll be in production in 2021 and it really shows the future of what is happening in terms of sustainability and mobility as well. And here's the cool thing. I like going fast, like many of you here, and torque is so key. So as I've seen the EV that Sam, you are part of, it's amazing how you can experience what you don't see with conventional internal combustion. Immediate torque at 100 RPM. Immediate efficiency at, 100 RP at 1 RPM, which is amazing. So uh, will I be electrifying any projects? So Aaron asked a good question. So Aaron, Take a look at SEMA, what we put up even today, and what we did last week when we were at SEMA. I electrified the very first 935 ever. So the Porsche 935 is something that was my first foray into the full EV space. In terms of integrated motor assist or a combination of both internal combustion and hybrid technology or EV technology, we did the Honda CRZ in 2009. And uh, thank you so much, German John. And then, of course, we did some other things with the Ionic with Hyundai a couple years ago in 2017. And now it's really nice, you know? Easy's asking, how do you measure horsepower for EVs? Are they tunable? Absolutely, same way. So the ability to overcome an inertia, which you may see with a roller dyno, or the ability to overcome a fluid in an orifice in like a hub style or hydraulic dyno is the same way you measure it. Since we tend to look at electric motors and most of them are used in, in watts or multiples of watts, in this case kilowatt, that's what we use as an energy conversion in terms of power, but it can easily be converted into horsepower. So the EV that we put together is a 475 kilowatt motor, which is about 636 horsepower. So it still is the same way. And it can be tunable. You have the capability of tuning inverters, using controllers to be able to determine how the output comes out from the motor itself. You can have it mimic what you see in a petrol engine where you have a low torque capability and it goes up to peak torque and falls off. You can have the capability of having immediate torque all across the board. 
You can limit the output as well. You can take into consideration any kind of fail safes with heat and safety and traction control. So it's very tunable as well, you know? On an EV, what's the max horsepower they can make or torque? There's no maximum. Same way with petrol engines, you can keep adding cylinders or keep making things more efficient. Same thing with electric motors. You can have the windings of electric motor, the type of phasing that it uses. Is it full DC? Is it AC as well? You can multiple, you can have stacks or chains of different motors. So the limitations can be your budget and or footprint, but you can keep going and going and going. Easy Design says, I just landed my sponsorship with Purell. I'm doing my oil change today. I'm excited to be a part of the Purell family. Thank you so much. And for those of you who know, Purell is also my partner as well. They helped us tremendously with the EV project and provided some very bespoke fluids for the drivetrain, which is pretty nice. So thank you so much, Purell, for assisting us indeed. Gersh is asking, what do you think about Berg exhaust? Says, I want to get one for AP1. Do you resonate decrease the engine efficiency or improve it? Great question. I've had customers come in with that exhaust system to our Tino and they've done well. So resonators, depending on the design, can decrease it. Doesn't have a positive effect on it, but can decrease it because if the louvers are facing the same direction as the exhaust flow, it can be okay. If it's opposite direction, it can actually impede flow and hurt efficiency. So, but Burke ones have been very good. <coughs> Excuse me. Do you find inspiration in F1? Asked Rourke Auto. Of course I do. Think back to the header designs we had years ago. They were heavily influenced by F1. The fact that they used uh, very efficient merch collectors with embedded Venturis years ago was something that played a role. Using pressure differentials in the chassis of a car, on undercarriage of a car, something F1 does very well by using aero to enhance scavenging of exhaust is something I did as well. By looking for pressure differentials around the chassis and making sure that our race headers terminated there was something I look forward to as well. And believe it or not, you know how my stage injection existed for many years in my drag motors? That's also F1 influence as well. The fact that the farther away you put an injector, the finer the mist, helped us gain as much as 20 wheel horsepower on a natural aspirated setup by using state injection with my combination with the guys from Kinsler. It's pretty nice. We worked auto said Ben Baller mentioned me in his podcast. I need to look that up and hopefully I get to thank him. Let me know what he said. I look forward to it indeed. Hello, Extreme Dimensions. Hello, Shell. Thank you so much for joining this afternoon. I'm out here in the LA Auto Show in the technology pavilion, which is pretty nice. Next to me, I have a Karma vehicle, but right behind me is a really interesting vehicle, a Class A fully electric vehicle, and this is the future. Those of you who watch Logan, remember all the EV autonomous like, uh, like rigs out there? That look like something science fiction, but that technology exists today now. So think of combining what you may see from what I, I was in Google last week. Think of combining that kind of technology from Waymo with something like this from, from you know, Exos. Exhaust, exhaust. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool indeed, you know? Have you ever need cinematography? Let me know, says Nick the Gersgrat. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Hello, Argo. Good seeing you. German John says, Where do you find inspiration with positivity and work ethic? Recovering Attic here. Well, I have Attic on my screen. Well, thank you so much for recovering. And I'm glad that you're in a very positive place nowadays. I would say, really, my family of origin. Um, my parents have been a very positive influence on me. Being both scientists really pointed me towards the, the, the pure and applied sciences, hence me being a chemical engineer. But you know what? Really thinking about the fact that nothing positive comes from things that are very dark. So that being said, me continuing to stay upbeat, staying positive, allows me the opportunity to create good things and be in a great mood. Even coming here today, I am tardy by an hour. How sad is that? But 
you know what? I still got to meet some great people here. This gentleman who actually stand right in front of me, David, who created this great environment from his from his exhaust vehicle or class A truck, was very nice. So, stay, hang in there, German addict. Um, the future is bright. So bright, I named my daughter in Kiruka, which is future is bright. So stay, hang in there, eh? Mr. Rang is asking, uh, a hashtag the Porsche Macan, whatever happened to that? Still in the works. It takes time for OEMs to sign documents. <laughs> so hang in there. These contracts, these relationships take a couple years or so. By all means, that will be the way to go very, very soon. Will EV overtake gasoline? What about alternative fuels? What will prevail? Well, guess what? One good way of knowing what will prevail is what the OEMs are doing. So you go to any of the major tech shows like this at the LA Auto Show, you have the opportunity to look at what's happening at CES. It looks like companies, VAG, Porsche, Ford, Honda, Toyota, they're all investing money heavily in an EV platform. So it looks like, and plus look at what's happening in Europe with the mandates around sustainable energy and how many cities and countries are sustaining or implementing the fact that they will not have any pure petrol engines in their vicinities by 2024. Look at downtown London and how there are actually fees now to drive petrol-only engines into there and there are benefits for EVs and hybrids. It looks like the electric motor is now going to really do extremely well. Despite the efforts of GM in the past and now the success with Tesla, more and more companies are jumping to it. Look at what Ford did with the Mustang E, the, e the, the new Mustang that exists. It's a beautiful car and it shows a glimpse into a cost-effective hip alternative that's more a CUV nature that is really the future of what we're going after, you know? Is it easy to make big power to and torque with EV or petrol? Based on my experience, let me share with you what I've done. So it's been many years that I've worked on petrol-based engines starting off with natural aspiration and then turbocharging. Each time, it took quite a bit of effort to get to 400 horsepower at natural aspirated with a four-cylinder. It took quite a bit of power to make a 1,000 horsepower Odyssey. Um, out the gate, using technology that is still in its infancy, as far as I'm concerned, we were able to make 600 horsepower with an EV. So the technology is a lot more advanced and a lot more involved. But in terms of ease, if you're very techno savvy, I would say the EV is really a, a very straightforward way to go because I didn't have to worry about head gaskets or injectors or really tuning per se. It's just me tweaking the controller. It's a really straightforward way of making power. We don't have to worry about those small tuning nuances, air fuel ratios, ignition timing, and knock, and, and swirl, and intake manifold design, and turbocharger sizing, and all that good stuff. And guess what? It's very clean. I don't have to worry about exhaust fumes or anything like that. It's pretty interesting, you know? Andrew Reese is asking, how's the MR2 coming? It's sitting in my facility. So we spent the majority of this year um, doing quite a bit in builds with customers and ourselves with the wagon and so whatnot. Then SEMA came very quickly. And then SEMA ended a week ago, so ago. And we spent the balance of that week between SEMA and now catching up and tidying up and catching up with customers and with projects and so on and so forth. So I haven't had the time to really um, play with any projects. I'm, I'm really good, but I'm not that good to jump from project to project to project. If anything, um, we're trying to uh, learn more that we can, more and more uh, on a daily basis with our EV project that we have. So the MR2 hasn't been touched quite yet. Hello, Chibi Meow Meow Meow. Good seeing you. Thank you so much for joining us today. 
Vance Sin says I have the best attitude on life. Thank you so much. I can do nothing but be positive. And I'm telling you, you have no idea what I go through with family and customers and daily activity. But um, staying positive is really something that I really have to embrace and do that indeed, you know? Dumbmouse85 is asking a great question. Is it necessary to degree a cam? Skunk 2 Pro 2s and Dynaporta Head, 13-1 compression, B20 V-Tape. And the answer is absolutely, Damos85, you have to. Degreeing does a great thing. It gives you the perfect correlation between your head, center line of the camshaft, and your crankshaft. And that's the way that you can ensure proper power, especially proper reliable power. You have no idea where the center lines are for manufacturing defects or manufacturing tolerances, so on and so forth. Above and beyond that, if you deck ahead, or deck your block, it changes the center line. It moves your timing in a retarded environment. So, even belt stretch plays a role. If you stretch your belt, which happens after a belt's used or put in service for a while, if you're using a belt, all that makes a difference. So if you want the best optimum power, it is very important that you degree the camshaft based upon manufacturer's recommendations. My experience has been most inline Hondas, especially the B20 V2 we're speaking about, loves the center lines of anywhere from 105 to 110 center line on both intake and exhaust. And by doing that, you can ensure optimum performance. And if you want to move your power band slightly, you can advance or retard accordingly. But make sure you pay attention to your valve to valve or piston valve clearances. Extremely important indeed. I been good. Where have you been? It's been a while indeed. Absolutely. Yes, import rally. I am feeling much better. I had a horrible, I lost my voice two weeks ago. Last week I was like <coughs> coughing, but I'm good. Ricky. Thanks for the kind words. That we do one CMA. I'm so sorry I'm late guys. I know I missed you guys on the lunch hour. So my audience is not as robust as normal, but this will be up for another hour. Um, I'll be up for 24 hours, I should say, on Instagram. And then um, my podcasting, I'm recording right now, so we'll have that up on all the major podcasting networks. And I'll put it on YouTube or so in, in, in about a week. Hello, social media. My pleasure, Damus85, my pleasure indeed. Um, if an engine can stand, says adding good, up to two and a half, it's stock motor power without being forced. Would you say it's a good engine, this engine? I have is a diesel. Yes, it is. But you know why I derive pleasure from adding good is finding those weak spots, areas of opportunity. So strength could be yes, rods hold together, rod bolts hold together, piston ring lands good to go. But what about the valve train? What about the springs? Something to think about. Benico says best in the business. Thank you so much for the kind words. Reworked Auto says he's a certified EV tech for Jaguar Land Rover. Great place to live. It's dangerous for average people to play with, and you're right. We work auto, I cannot downplay the type of voltage we play with. Everything from 400 to 800 volts. It is not something that you should tinker with if you're not very familiar with it. It's something just like, you know, just like, think of the earlier infancy of the petrol engine. The mishaps we had sitting on this tank of fuel. Safety is very, very key, and you should be extremely careful dealing with anything high voltage, by all means. So even though there's efficiencies and, and, and fun and power and torque to be had there, it's, it's really, really dangerous and something that should be left to experts. So what our advice is, if people ever had the chance to want to, let's say, do an EV conversion on their Porsche or their Caterham, come to us. We're becoming experts very quickly. We'll be more than happy to take care of all that for you. All you have to do is point and drive. How cool is that, you know? So, um, do you custom build the motor or was it sourced from a tester or element? Neither one. 
Um, it was a mismatch of parts. The what you may see with the motor and inverter and drivetrain is something that is akin to what you may see from a Tesla, but heavily reworked. The controller is completely bespoke. My shifter is like a shifter from like a quaif. <laughs> so it's a mismatch of quite a few things, but with our own touch to it, which is pretty nice, you know. But that's a great question. Thanks for asking. <coughs> Kinshaw is asking, what are my thoughts on hydrogen vehicles? I think it's amazing. Hydrogen is what I love so much because it's plentiful and the elements that come out of tailpipe is water. How cool is that? Not very fast, not very powerful, but extremely sustainable. The only challenge is you have very limited places to fill. So filling up is, I'm so sorry, there are people laughing, I'm so sorry about that, but um, there are, the challenge is stations to fill up with the hydrogen. That's the only, only difficulty is be able to do that and that's the advantage i feel that evs have because you can plug into on level one to a regular one uh 120 outlet if you work with level two you can go to a 220 240 volt it's pretty cool and you have access to many stations even here as we came in here we saw many uh places to recharge so that makes the ev a little bit of a step up from what you may see with other setups you know I think I said I've been away fixing my car. The turbo decided not to play anymore and smoked. Oh, I'm so sorry. New hybrid turbo fitted along with from my inner cooler and running bigger and better than ever. Oh, fantastic. I love to see great successful projects like that. Thank you so much. Marlon from Florida. Thank you so much for joining. My day's been great. Um, I had family who stayed with me. Uh, my mom was in the country since early in the year. Made things very possible for me. So, Mom, I love you. Thank you so much for being there for us and the family allowing me to push forward my projects and many late nights and sleepless nights and you took care of the family i really appreciate that and she's on her way back to nigeria so drove me at the airport it was traffic was crazy airport was like half of it was closed for construction so i couldn't park anywhere it was bananas but i made it here an hour tardy how crazy is that so i'm so sorry guys i sincerely apologize for that have a great day as well r3513 next time i will definitely be here earlier so you can spend more time with me you know I think it said, what would you say your number one car at SEMA was and why? I would say on the OEM side, number one was the Veloster N that we built. The one, thanks to Paul, aptly named the Veloster Raptor. That was a 320 horsepower, 2020 Veloster N, which is a competitor to the Honda Type R that was in the Hyundai booth. And the OEMs loved it. It was the first time in a long time that I never went inside an engine. It was just all purely bolt-ons, exhaust, intake, ECU flash, all that fun stuff. And it was a fun, challenging project. So that was number one in terms of OEMs. On the privateer side, I would say by far the K3 EV. The, our first foray into everything electric vehicle. It was a 935, which was using the original body molds from Kramer, which is really nice. So it's a very authentic 935 body infused with the latest and greatest in automotive technology for mobility and that thing is frighteningly fast it's so scary fast and i'm only using half the battery packs imagine that greetings from denmark indeed good seeing you elba thank you for joining us oh fox design says hello uh what kind of truck is that behind you it's a race truck no it's actually a standard i'll try to lift this up so you can see even better see right there it's actually called exhaust and it is a class A EV truck. And we'll walk around and we'll ask some questions afterwards of the, of the chap who's involved with this. And 
it just shows a little bit of the future of sustainability and payload capability as well. I think 18,000 pounds are walking apart for this thing. And it's going to hit production. They're based in LA. It's going to hit production in 2021. Hello, Alfie. Good seeing you. Lazy. Thank you so much. Love you as well. Thank you so much, Marlon. Appreciate that. Is that a whole drag truck? No, it's not for drag, but it could. This would make actually a very good drag truck indeed. Quite aerodynamic. The front end. It's pretty cool. Okay. Brazil's in the house. Mauricio, good seeing you. Tim says, BC, you're a legend. I love all the cars you build. Thank you so much. And the best is yet to come. Unko Cage is asking how was SEMA. SEMA was fantastic. Had a great time. Had five cars there. Um, two of them from OEM, other three were Porsches. We had a center seat in the Dynapack booth for Mattel. We had a beautiful, beautiful AEM booth, the beautiful K3. How's that K3? Read that too. 935X, which is a petrol based twin turbo setup, which is absolutely amazing, which is nice. Did you write the tune for the Velocity? Absolutely did. Uh, Marlon EG says, Simi was amazing, first time, but it'll be a good. Good to make it a makeup, Marlon. It was great seeing you right in front of the Turn 14's booth. That was pretty cool. Hello, Will86, good seeing you. What's the name of your podcast? That's Brap Brap Brap, who I met last week as well. It is BC Moto Tech Tuesday. So go on any of the podcast networks, whether it's uh, Spotify, Radio Public, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, type in BC Moto and it'll come up. Very simple. <coughs> I think it says possibly the most important question ever asked on Tech Tuesday, when is Stitch out to play? Guess what? That's a great question. Now that we're back, and it does suddenly, I have two things I need to do. I need to do some testing on the K3V, do some testing on the wagon, and then coordinate my friends from Hoonigan to really take a look at this build and follow me through the process of building Stitch and getting her back out there to play. So let's say late December. I think that'd be a good one. Hello, Brian. Thank you so much for the kind words. My pleasure, brap, brap, brap. I think they're about to start a conference. So guys, I may have to fly. But I will not leave you hanging. I will definitely have an opportunity to walk around a little bit and show you guys what I'm seeing here. So as I come in and out, please feel free to join me. Mio says, love your work. I have a twin turbo 3.6. Built for RWB. Now, what's your tips on breaking in the engine? Very simple, Mio. I'll make it very quick. Do not use rubbish. See this sign right here, Purell, next to my Porsche emblem? Use some of their Purell SAE 40 and break it in. Put it in, have the engine running for about up to operating temperature, about 10 15 minutes operating temperature, drain it out, get all the rubbish out. Fill it up again with another, another I think like 11 quarts about, of uh, their SAE 40, and then go to Dan and tune it. When you're done tuning, drain out the oil and put in your oil of choice, oil full of choice, preferably Purell 10W40 or 2050. If you're not tuning the car, drive it around, not at steady speed, but on and off throttle, so you're gonna vary the vacuum on and off, for a good 2,000 miles or so. And then after that, don't try not to keep sustained vehicle speeds on the freeway, because you don't want any glazing problems. And the one reason why I like the Pure Braking Oil, because it has high zinc. That's over 1,500 parts per million of zinc, which is extremely important in protecting your 3.6 engine, especially the valve train. So I hope that helps. My pleasure, Kenneth Show. I appreciate that indeed. Thank you so much, Paul. Appreciate all the support. It would be great to see Sister Shot. I believe you, sir. And you know what? Now that people are allowing you to run crazy fuels, maybe it's time to now uh, pull out my chemistry book and start making something really, really great, you know? I think good, said, so I see the cars that use Vitaras. You're lucky I don't have my wig today. Vitaras. That's really neat. Anyway, guys, good seeing you, and uh, I'll come back in.
Thank you so much and talk to you soon. Take care and stay tuned. Cheers. Bye-bye.